This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast. Parshas Yisroy, speaking to you from a, in a cold winter morning in Svas. Um, I've always been fascinated by the uh, aspects of Parshas Yisro and the giving of the first set of the luchos, the tablets, um, um, because it's one of those parshias which indicates the um, um, the problematic subject of times when very important historical things took place and they didn't come out exactly the way they were apparently planned. Uh, theologically, this has always raised questions about, you know, um, why does Hashem do something and then it seems to not work and then, like, we're left with uh, questions. Why was it necessary to do it to begin with? And if Hashem knew that it wasn't going to work, as Hashem knows, you know, everything's going to happen in the future, so why did he do it to begin with? And there's a number of uh, situations like that. Every time that there's like a major chait uh, in the history of the world, for example, chait of Ramarishan, where, you know, he created them in, in Gan Eden, and then he had to expel them from Gan Eden. Um, here, in, in giving the Luchas, uh, shortly afterwards, there was the chait um, Egel, which uh, these, these particular leaflets were destroyed and they had to be replaced by a second set um, then we have uh, situations you know like building the Pisamiktish and then getting, getting thrown out of it and then going back and building it again and then getting thrown out again and each time they're, they're um, we're faced with this situation of there being tremendous potential uh, each time this is done there's like a, a hope for the ultimate redemption which means that the entire creation will reach its uh, uh, perfection and its tikkun as we say that should be completely fixed of any you know uh, flaws as apparent flaws um, come to actually the the final uh, uh, plan of for the vision for which it was created to begin with, apparently, um, and it's it's hard to uh, to accept it, understand it. We're, we're, we're and on the other hand, we have situations like um, and we have things to deal with, like um, the piet of Dayenu, which is said on the uh, in the Hagoda, Sedanach, and um, over there it says things like. Um, uh, Eli, not the exact quote, but Eli Hotzianu in Israel, Eli, Muslim one is a Torah of Eloi, Ichnisan of Eretz Yisrael. Not sure if that's the exact uh, wording, but something like that effect. The, the point is that even if he'd given us the Torah and not taken us into Eretz Yisrael, that would have been enough. Dainu. So what's what's the how would it have been enough? The whole point of getting the Torah was on the way to Eretz Yisrael. It was this was the the uh, preparation for going into Eretz Yisrael, and then Eretz Yisrael was going to be the final, the final geula. So without going into Eretz Yisrael, why was that 
being given the luchas enough. And it would seem to indicate that there was something about that event of giving the Torah in Har Sinai that was uh, sufficient in itself. It had a certain self-sufficiency to be, you know, we, if we'd just been left with that, that would have been enough. So how is that possible? I mean, how is it possible to do like a, a what seems to be like a half-baked thing? It's like a half, half of the plan, but not the entire plan. Uh, and, and if our whole existence is justified by only by you know the, 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 the complete geula, you know, Mashiach uh, Satan, as we say, the times the times of the the uh, you know heaven on earth, that kind of thing. How would that be possible without going into Eretz role, which was the the thing that was pr- promised to to Klali sold through uh, the Elvis, uh, the patriarchs, even before um, before we were even uh, told about receiving the Torah. So you know what's the Torah? The Torah is is a preparation. It's it's only a, it's not an end in itself. It's a it's a something that we are uh, given the instructions of what to do and how to serve Hashem in this world. But it's not the perfected form of the world in itself. And that's obviously that has to be that way. Otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't do us any good in the form of uh, the state of the world as it is now. In any case, these are all questions that you know keep coming up, and there are a number of places in the Torah where it happens not just once. And I think we have to, you know, really re-examine our attitudes and our uh, perspective, our, our mindset, to be able to figure out how this is not simply some kind of an aberration or something we should just, you know, blindly accept without thinking about it. When it can really offer some very, very significant um, uh, insights into what Hashem wants from us and how we can live in our in in this world of imperfection, uh, even given the um, the fact that we're, you know, not not living in a place which appears to be the ideal form. And what's interesting is also this this idea that it's a pattern that keeps recurring, that Hashem presents us with an ideal form, and then we end up falling down from that form as, uh, as if we are not ready for it. It's not, uh, we're not deserving of it, or we're not, we're, we're, it's not, it can't be sustained indefinitely. Um, okay, so... So, because we, by the the, uh, the lesson, by the way, I refer to the lesson a lot. The full name of the sefer is Leshem Shavoy Achloma. It was written by the grandfather of Rav El Yoshev, uh, the Gadol Ador, which who passed away recently in Israel. Um and he was probably the foremost Kabbalist of this uh, of the uh, last hundred years, probably. Anyway, so one of the things he mentions is that if the that that the light. Uh, that was revealed by the first tablets, the first set that Moshe Benin brought down from Sinai. if that had continued, that would, been, would have been enough to create the total Tikkun and bring them into Israel directly as it was originally planned, and that would have really turned over the whole world. And because those were broken, and the second uh, set was not on that level of uh, you know some spiritual height of intensity, um, then uh, they didn't really have that that ability afterwards to to go in directly to Eretz and all the other things happened that happened. So it was really you know uh, the, 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 even though the Chet Eagle alone was not enough to force a decree of uh, of you know that that door should die in the midbar. Uh, in any case, they um, this apparently had some 
some uh, bearing on that, the ultimate decree that they uh, that came out after the Miraglim, that they weren't allowed to go in. So um, it's a pretty significant uh, difference between the first set and every and, and the second set, uh, which is also has to be to be appreciated to understand what was going on here. Nevertheless, the Mamad Harsinai, the experience of receiving the Luchas An Harsinai, was a tremendously um, cataclysmic event and something to be remembered for all Doiris. Uh, we're told it's one of the, one of the you know, six Zechirus that we're supposed to remember every day is the intensity of that experience and what that, what that meant to Klaalisro in terms of a revelation and, and also really the beginning of the Jewish people. That was, you know, between the, the uh, going out of Mitzrayim and receiving the, the Luchas on, on Harsinai, um, I mean, the whole Torah for that matter, uh, that was really what defined the Jewish people uh, going forward, and that's that was that was the uh, the turning point, the the the, the event which uh, gave us our our kiyum, you know, our sustenance for the for the rest of the time until the, the ultimate kiula. So anyway, obviously a very very important event. Um, I was thinking also in, in the uh, as a continuation of the concept of, of what happened on uh, by Kriyas Yamsuf, and they sang the Shira. At the last week, I was asking a question about um, why, how could they come to a real total feeling of simcha to be able to sing, you know, with such a uh, on such a high level, um, you know, with its spontaneity and everything, the singing the the, the Shira Sayam, if the whole uh, geula of Mitzrayim was not a final geula, and it was obviously we know, you know, from in retrospect that they didn't go from there into Eretz Yisrael. But even Hashem uh, at least told Moshe Rabbeinu by by the sned that this was, you know, ekiyah that there are going to be other gulas, and this is not the final gulas. So whether the rest of the Eden were uh, the rest of Eden were apparently not aware of that at that time, but in any case, the event itself was not a final event, so therefore it would be expected that it would not have the same intensity as something which was intended to be final, and which goes back to the same question again, is how can you have these these uh, uh, huge you know revelations that end up uh, falling back into um, a uh, less than perfect existence? To say the least, and you know, still having to continue, it doesn't have any of that finality to it that we keep waiting for and asking for and wanting. So, how do we deal with this? And how do we deal in our lives in general the, the very big question of um, of the concepts like you know, Shema Yigroma hates that we always wonder, you know, Hashem promises all these things, but what do we do if we don't measure up to those standards? What do we do if a later generation messes up and, and then you know, Hashem, they're, they're not they're not um, uh, they're not deserving of the promise being being fulfilled at any given time. It's just like a woman being asked this from the very beginning, how do I know that my descendants are going to be on the level to be able to to uh, uh, come into Eretz Yisrael, to, to, to inherit Eretz Yisrael when, you know, we have no control over that. And these are very long-term uh, promises uh, that, you know, isn't is dependent on the level of that particular generation. And how do we, how, how am I sure that they'll actually be able to merit that? Which was considered to be the fact that he very, even asked that question was considered to be a, uh, a certain lack of bituchen on his level that he, you know, he should have trusted Hashem that that's going to happen no matter what. 
But that also comes into the same the same basic question again. We're dealing with an imperfect world, and in imperfect worlds, how can you make a, a final statement or a promise that for sure something's going to happen if it is dependent on our being deserving of that happening? And so, for instance, if it's conditional on something that we have to do, then how can it? How can we be assured that's going to happen? And what do we do in the meantime? So here we're in a very long gullis, and we're waiting for a long time for these the promises to be fulfilled, fulfilled of us going into Israel, even though some hold, you know, to various degrees that the, some of the promises of the Gula were fulfilled when we actually were able to uh, take political control of uh, of the state of Israel. It's a quite a controversial subject right there. But uh, in any case, um, it's the, the final goal is obviously not here. We don't have Mashiach. We don't have, we don't, you know, we still have death. We have, still have, you know, Bechira. Uh, we all have all these things that, you know, we always had till now. Anyway, so what do we make of all this? So what I wanted to um, to bring out here is this whole concept we've, we've spoken about before, about... Um, the idea of uh, of potential and reality and the gap between them and how do we come ultimately from potential to reality. Um, we're dealing with a reality in which we are, there's, there's a tremendous potential to bring things together. And Hashem has, you know, given us so many, uh, the Torah itself is kind of the, 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 um, uh, shows us the way, it gives us the instructions, it gives us the manual to figure out how to bring Hashem into the world. And we know that we, having Bechira and having, you know, having free choice and having being imperfect uh, people, that we very often um, fall down and do not uh, complete these uh, instructions as they were given, causing situations where we are we do not have that revelation of Hashem's light and and, and uh, uh, beauty and and truth in the world that we would like to have and that was really been again promised to us in terms of the potential of the world ultimately to live in a perfect world uh, the Torah is perfect uh, even though our, our ability to understand it may not be perfect or to implement it may not be perfect so we can't be expected to uh, and Hashem you know, knows this better than us ourselves he knows perfectly well that he can't expect us, to, expect us to be on that perfect level all the time and certainly not all of us maybe you know the tzaddikim and even the tzaddikim uh, we know that in, in, uh, there's nobody in the world that, that, that hasn't sinned on, on some level and the greatest tzaddikim also have the nisyan. So it doesn't. It's it, it, the perfection is simply not an option. So we keep striving for perfection. We we we're driven by the goal of perfection, and we want things to be perfect, but they're obviously not. And every time we feel like we've fallen, we feel guilty, and we feel inadequate, and we feel frustrated. And, and what's going to what's what's happening here? So I wanted to to just push this out here as I think a very very uh, significant uh, uh, concept is this the. Idea Idea of, of, of Yehudim, in in the sense of bringing things together at certain points, to be able to create a potential, a, 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 a temporary, uh, momentary reaction, which brings things together in a kind of almost like an explosion, in the sense that that Hashem's light is revealed in a very uh, for a very even a very limited time. 
But during that time, it is a total experience. In other words, the, uh, or better, better put, every, every glimpse of that truth, the ultimate truth, has a totality to it, a completeness to it, even though it's very short-lived and it is very, um, uh, very, it would seem very partial. But the whole concept of a chelik elikami mal, that we are a chelik of Hashem and Hashem is a chelik of us, we're a part as opposed to the whole. The fact is that we become a representative of the whole, and we come, become whole in ourselves by being a part of that whole. Again, even if it's only a, a part in time, meaning that it's not all the time, it's only a, a very small piece of time, but during that time, it's 100%. So we, the, the very fact that we have brought Hashem into the world, that the, Hashem has been revealed in the world for that small period of time, was a, a, an experience of the total, the totality, the 100%, the perfection because the light itself is perfect. And if we're allowing that light to come in, then for that amount of time, that was a total thing. So we, rather than striving for perfection all the time, or perfection of everyone together at the same time, or whatever, every time we access that truth, for, as I said, even for a short time, it's a very, very significant thing. And that brings a whole uh, highest into the world, and that's what's what's responsible for for sustaining the world until we're able to actually when reach the complete tikkun, and, and Hashem is able to bring uh, Mashiach, you know, to to uh, redeem the world as a whole. And that is really what Hashem is looking for, because Hashem is just looking to be able to say, "Look at these people. We, I have this this finite, you know, nation that a very small nation." was put in put into the world for the purpose of bringing my you know revealing my light in the world through the Torah mitzvahs and they're dedicated to that and they're not perfect but they every time they do that i appreciate it every time i they they're able to pull that off that's accomplishing a tremendous tremendous thing and that's why they were created to begin with so it's not they're not judged on the basis of how, when they bring mashiach how they bring mashiach when 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 the ultimate is going to happen that's not the point the point is that they are there specifically to bring my presence into the world on a daily basis, as much as they can, as often as they can, and whatever they do is very, very much appreciated. That's, that is why they're there. And Hashem gets nachas from that. Hashem gets tremendous, tremendous joy and tining from those limited, you know, uh, uh, partial exposures. Because again, they're bringing the light and the light is 100%. That light as it comes down here is the same as it is in its source. It is the ultimate light. It's just that it's not here forever. As, as we are in our lives are not here forever. But for that lifetime, for as long as it lasts, Hashem, you know, gets a tremendous nachas from that, and that is the basis from which we have our schar and, and our, our kiyom, our sustenance in, in Oilam Habo, which is, you know, in Gan Eden, which, which is a, 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 a more perfect environment, which we're able to, you know, see Hashem on, on, on a regular basis. So anyway, this is the, the, um, the mindset where if we really live our lives from day to day, 
really realize that we get up in the morning and we have this potential to reveal Hashem's light as much as we can, and we never we never know from day to day which day is going to, you know, be uh, particularly uh, inspiring or uplifting, or you know, be able to do something for someone else that you know changed their lives, or or that simply brought in, you know, again, it doesn't have to be so big. It's, it's just anything that brings that light in. The, the any amount of light is is uh, is itself the uh, the purpose. So, and if we see that, you know, Hashem is waiting for that, Hashem is expecting that, and He's not coming, Hashem is the Lord of Petrunium, He's not expecting from us more than we can do. As much as we do, that's fine. And He realizes we're going to mess up, and that's also part of the part of the, 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 the whole plan in the sense of that we're turning the darkness into light. We have to come into this very, very dark place, and the dark places within our own Neshamas, which we're, you know, which, which the, the transformation of that into light is also exactly why He put us here. So, anyway, that's that's what I wanted to uh, to communicate for this, uh, this this concept of Martin Toyer, what it's about, what we what we are accepting here, what kind of life we're living here, and the fact that Hashem gets tremendous tiny and joy and 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 uh, fulfillment, so to speak, out of the very fact that we're doing that job, and that's what we're put here to do.